Welcome to the Daily Devotions Podcast from Confident Faith. I am Corey J. Mahler, a contributor here at Confident Faith, and I will be your reader today, this third Saturday after Epiphany, the 27th of January, in the year of our Lord, 2024, in the time of Christmas. Today we commemorate John Chrysostom, preacher. Born around A.D. 347, St. John was instructed in the Christian faith by his mother, Anthusa. After holding a number of lesser offices, John became Patriarch of Constantinople in A.D. 398. John was given the added name Chrysostom, which means golden-mouthed in Greek, for his simple but direct messages that were beloved by all who heard them. Eventually exiled from Constantinople, after coming into conflict with the local authorities due to his determination to reform the church, the court, and the city, John continued to preach and write right up until his death in A.D. 407. His reported last words were, Glory be to God for all things. Amen. Our readings for today are Psalm 1, Psalm 109, Zechariah starting with chapter 4, verse 1, and reading through chapter 5, verse 11, Romans chapter 15, verses 14 through 33, and paragraphs 1 through 14 of part 5 of the Large Catechism. We will close, as always, with the Lord's Prayer. Today's first reading from the Psalter is the first psalm. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's second reading from the Psalter is the 109th Psalm. Be not silent, O God of my praise, for wicked and deceitful mouths are opened against me, speaking against me with lying tongues. They encircle me with words of hate, and attack me without cause. In return for my love they accuse me, but I give myself to prayer. So they reward me evil for good, and hatred for my love. Appoint a wicked man against him. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is tried, let him come forth guilty. Let his prayer be counted as sin. May his days be few. May another take his office. May his children be fatherless, and his wife a widow. May his children wander about and beg, seeking food far from the ruins they inhabit. May the creditor seize all that he has. May strangers plunder the fruits of his toil. Let there be none to extend kindness to him, nor any to pity his fatherless children. May his posterity be cut off. May his name be blotted out in the second generation. May the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord, and let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them be before the Lord continually. 
that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth. For he did not remember to show kindness, but pursued the poor and needy, and the broken-hearted to put them to death. He loved to curse, let curses come upon him. He did not delight in blessing, may it be far from him. He clothed himself with cursing as his coat, may it soak into his body like water, like oil into his bones. May it be like a garment that he wraps around him, like a belt that he puts on every day. May this be the reward of my accusers from the Lord, of those who speak evil against my life. But you, O God, my Lord, deal on my behalf for your name's sake, because your steadfast love is good, deliver me. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is stricken within me. I am gone like a shadow at evening. I am shaken off like a locust. My knees are weak through fasting. My body has become gaunt with no fat. I am an object of scorn to my accusers. When they see me, they wag their heads. Help me, O Lord, my God. Save me according to your steadfast love. Let them know that this is your hand. You, O Lord, have done it. Let them curse, but you will bless. They arise and are put to shame, but your servant will be glad. May my accusers be clothed with dishonor. May they be wrapped in their own shame as in a cloak. With my mouth I will give great thanks to the Lord. I will praise him in the midst of the throng, for he stands at the right hand of the needy one, to save him from those who condemn his soul to death. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's Old Testament reading comes from the book of Zechariah, and we will be reading from verse 1 of the fourth chapter through verse 11 of the fifth chapter. And the angel who talked with me came again and woke me, like a man who was awakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, What do you see? I said, I see, and behold, a lampstand all of gold, with a bowl on the top of it, and seven lamps on it, with seven lips on each of the lamps that are on the top of it. And there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl, and the other on its left. And I said to the angel who talked with me, What are these, my lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, Do you not know what these are? I said, No, my lord. Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you, for whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice, and shall see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. These seven are the eyes of the Lord, which range through the whole earth. Then I said to him, What are these two olive trees on the right and the left of the lampstand? And a second time I answered and said to him, What are these two branches of the olive trees, which are beside the two golden pipes from which the golden oil is poured out. He said to me, Do you not know what these are? I said, No, my lord. Then he said, These are the two anointed ones, who stand by the Lord of the whole earth. 
Again I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, a flying scroll. And he said to me, What do you see? I answered, I see a flying scroll. Its length is twenty cubits, and its width ten cubits. Then he said to me, This is the curse that goes out over the face of the whole land. For everyone who steals shall be cleaned out according to what is on one side, and everyone who swears falsely shall be cleaned out according to what is on the other side. I will send it out, declares the Lord of hosts, and it shall enter the house of the thief, and the house of him who swears falsely by my name, and it shall remain in his house, and consume it, both timber and stones. Then the angel who talked with me came forward and said to me, Lift your eyes, and see what this is that is going out. And I said, What is it? He said, This is the basket that is going out. And he said, This is their iniquity in all the land. And behold, the leaden cover was lifted, and there was a woman sitting in the basket. And he said, This is wickedness. And he thrust her back into the basket, and thrust down the leaden weight on its opening. Then I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, two women coming forward. The wind was in their wings. They had wings like the wings of a stork, and they lifted up the basket between earth and heaven. Then I said to the angel who talked with me, Where are they taking the basket? He said to me, To the land of Shinar, to build a house for it. And when this is prepared, they will set the basket down there on its base. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's New Testament reading comes from the book of Romans, and we will be reading the 15th chapter, verses 14 through 33. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. But on some points I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder, because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the nations, in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the nations may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished, through me to bring the nations to obedience, by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ, and thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain, and to be helped on my journey there by you, once I have enjoyed your company for a while. At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem bringing aid to the saints, for Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints of Jerusalem. For they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the nations have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought also to be of service to them in material blessings. When, therefore, I have completed this, and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by way of you. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ, 
and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's reading from the Book of Concord comes from the Large Catechism, and we will be reading Part 5, paragraphs 1 through 14. Part 5. The Sacrament of the Altar Just as we have heard about holy baptism, so we must also speak about the other sacrament, in these same three points. What is it? What are its benefits? And who is to receive it? And all these points are established through the words by which Christ has instituted this sacrament. Everyone who desires to be a Christian and to go to this sacrament should know them, for it is not our intention to let people come to the sacrament and administer it to them, if they do not know what they seek or why they come. The words, however, are these. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Here also we do not wish to enter into controversy and fight with the defamers and blasphemers of this sacrament, but to learn first, as we did with baptism, what is of the greatest importance. The chief point is God's word and ordinance or command, for the sacrament has not been invented nor introduced by any man. Without anyone's counsel and deliberation, it has been instituted by Christ. The Ten Commandments, the Lord's Prayer, and the Creed keep their nature and worth, even if you never keep, pray, or believe them. So also this honorable sacrament remains undisturbed. Nothing is withdrawn or taken from it, even though we use and administer it unworthily. Do you think God cares about what we do or believe, as though on that account he should allow his ordinance to be changed? Why in all worldly matters everything stays the way God has created and ordered it, no matter how we employ or use it? This point must always be taught, for by it the chatter of nearly all the fanatical spirits can be repelled for they regard the sacraments, unlike God's word, as something that we do. Now, what is the sacrament of the altar? Answer. It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, in and under the bread and wine, which we Christians are commanded by Christ's word to eat and to drink. Just as we have said that baptism is not simple water, so here also we say that though the sacrament is bread and wine, it is not mere bread and wine, such as are ordinarily served at the table, but this is bread and wine included in and connected with God's word. It is the word, I say, that makes and sets this sacrament apart, so it is not mere bread and wine, but is and is called Christ's body and blood. For it is said, when the word is joined to the element or natural substance, it becomes a sacrament. This saying of St. Augustine is so properly and so well put that he has scarcely said anything better. The word must make a sacrament out of the element or else it remains a mere element. 
Now it is not the word or ordinance of a prince or emperor, but it is the word of the Grand Majesty, at whose feet all creatures should fall, and affirm it as he says, and accept it with all reverence, fear, and humility. With this word you can strengthen your conscience and say, If a hundred thousand devils, together with all fanatics, should rush forward crying, How can bread and wine be Christ's body and blood, and such? I know that all spirits and scholars together are not as wise as is the divine majesty in his little finger. Now here stands Christ's word. Take, eat, this is my body. Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, and so on. Here we stop to watch those who will call themselves his masters, and make the matter different from what he has spoken. It is true indeed that if you take away the word, or regard the sacrament without the words, you have nothing but mere bread and wine. But if the words remain with them, as they shall and must, then by virtue of the words, it is truly Christ's body and blood. What Christ's lips say and speak, so it is. He can never lie or deceive. This concludes our reading from the Book of Concord. I now invite all of you to join me in reciting the Lord's Prayer, one of the most ancient prayers of the Church. I do encourage you to say it aloud. If you are somewhere, it would be reasonable to do so. But praying it silently is, of course, also fine. The Lord knows what is in your heart. Lord, remember us in your kingdom, and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace and grace to serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whatever calling has been given you, or tasks set before you. Until tomorrow, God be with you.